Good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And I have a really patient and awesome guest on today. Her name is Kelly Bone. She is coming from Canada onto the show today. And um, I apologize for being tardy. My internet needed reset or something. I don't know. But uh, hey, we'll be right back. I'm going to bring Kelly on here in a minute. Stay with us. Hey, welcome back and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. If this is your first time here, thanks for joining us. Today, I have a very special guest on. Hey, Larry Schneider, how are you? Um, I have Kelly Bone joining us from Canada, and she is a speaker. She was introduced, and she's a serial entrepreneur. She was introduced to me by our mutual buddy, Zach Benson, who is a fabulous rock star. Um, so I want to welcome Kelly to the show. Kelly, thank you for being so patient today. No problem, Ken. I have never had my internet go out literally right when, and I just went and reset the modem and the, the router and here we are. Never had that happen. So um, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm super excited. By the way, I love your intro. Had Do you like that? Yes. Yeah, it was great. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. So, um, you know, I created this show a couple years ago to help people have a breakthrough in life. And, mm. um, you know, we all face challenges. We all go through ups and downs. And mm -hmm. um, I, I'd like to start with you talking about where you were born and raised. You bet. I was born in Montreal and um, I grew up there until about 16 years old. And then around 16, we moved to Kingston, Ontario, Canada. Okay. And <laughs> and you switched, I, I assume you, you switched schools and all of that? All sorts of things. Um, so maybe to kind of give you a little bit of a context and insight into why I'm who I am today. I'm the oldest of five kids. And okay. so we grew up for the time between the time I was born to 16, we were living on a farm just outside of Montreal. My parents um, wanted to give their children an alternative sort of lifestyle of growing up, running around in, in fields and gardens and just outside of the city lifestyle. They just wanted to allow us time to really be children. So I'm super grateful that they did that. Um, so now, now that's probably why I, I am who I am, you know, being an oldest of five, I've, I had a lot of responsibility from a very young age. And, and so I, I take my leadership very seriously. You know, I've, I've found that, that, a lot of times as children, you know, things happen. People come into our lives, uh, lives um, to, 
that maybe impact us and, and kind of make us who we become as an adult. Is there any, anyone or anything that comes to mind when I, when I say that? Gosh, you, you must be in my head, Ken, because <laughs> I was, uh, I went for a little drive in our little convertible on the water this morning and just listening to gospel music and taking it all in because the sun was out for a bit and I was thinking, like, how do I, what what am I going to talk to Ken about that will really have impact and make a difference maybe in someone's life? And I was thinking, who are the people who really influenced me in my lifetime at an early age? And, and I really, <clears throat> it was clear to me, my mother absolutely was, was a, was somebody who really influenced me. And I felt that that is someone that I really want to honor in today's call and actually dive in a little bit um, about that, especially we just went, you know, had Mother's Day and everything. So also my grandfather um, was someone who played a huge role in my life from a philanthropy um, point of view of generosity and taking care of people and creating community around that and his entrepreneurial spirit. My father, who is a lone wolf and who's really connected to nature, he was a huge influence in my life and my godmother. Um, Barbara, and she she's really been the one that has influenced me spiritually and and where my love of culture and travel really comes from what she exposed me at a very young age. And those are and those are the really the pillars that helped me move through all the stages of my life and who are still very much those pillars in my life today. Um, so, so when you were 16, yeah. you, you had grown up in the same place, same school system, everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and at 16, you made a big move. How far away was the. So I was, uh, we were uprooted to Kingston and that's about three hour drive okay. from, from Montreal. But it seemed to me at the time, I really dug in my heels because that was the point in my life where I was moving in to really, you know, high school and I really all my friends. And so to just kind of uproot me and move me to a new city where I had to start all over. At the time, I didn't understand the importance of that move. But today I look back and I go, holy crow, my mother was a brave woman to take, put five kids in a van and, and drive down the 401 highway to Kingston and start all over with yeah. all of us and how scary that must have been for her. Um, yeah, so that was really a really shift for me in my life. Was there, so she, was there a, so was there a divorce? So let me, let me kind of, um, take you back a bit, if you don't mind. Do you give me permission? No, go ahead. And, um, so to, to really honor my mother, because she's, she's been a huge, massive influence um, to me. And also, I believe it's really her fault <laughs> that I'm a, I'm a strong woman um, who just kind of moves through every experience as best as I can. And also, um, I, I just at a very young age, watching her do it, believe that there isn't anything we can't overcome when, when you're aligned with spirit and, and your family and you just really, you know, you ground yourself through every experience. So um, 
when I was about 12 years old, and that's when my father moved out of the house. And we had two, two, two of my siblings who were twins still in diapers. And my mother was really kind of just doing the best she could, raising five children on her own and managing a farm. And um, so she really leaned on me a lot and um, to help out and as the others too, but we sort yeah. of had different responsibilities based on our age. Sure. And <clears throat> so one thing that is really, really important to know is that we never felt we were missing anything because there's my mother has this unbelievable way of, you know, really pulling us all together. She's a, a, a forever optimist. There's, there are no problems. There are only solutions. And this is how she's always lived her life in the, especially in the darkest moments. And there's this one particular experience that I, I feel like the world has to know because it really says a lot about my mother as a woman in a situation that she was in with the five kids raising them and on, on a farm where my mother was the greatest illusionist there was ever because she, she made us believe we had the perfect life. Yeah. We had everything we needed. And, but that in really behind the scenes wasn't the reality. She was, you know, worried about how she was going to meet, make ends meet. And this particular um, moment in my life, it was about a couple of weeks before Christmas where I was bused because we were an English speaking family in a French rural community during the referendum um, times. We weren't very popular in that little community because we were English. So, um, you know, a lot of sort of racists between the French and the English. Um, so we were bused um, all the way to another town, an English Anglo-Saxon town where a lot of the affluent English kids went to school. I didn't know any different. I mean, it was just a kid and neither they didn't know any different. We were just having fun. Right, um, right. And so it was Christmas and we were all kind of, our school came together and we went on this, we divided into teams and went on a can drive where each team went out and collected food for the needy, if you will. Right. And we right. brought it all back and we each, each team put stickers on each can and, and then we counted and then whoever had the most cans won. Okay. And then, yep. so, so this, so about, I guess a week before Christmas, my mother you know, um, today this would never happen, of course. But back in the day, you know, a 12-year-old, a you know, home babysitting four other siblings, um, two of which are in diapers and one they're just one years old at the time, you know, in the middle of nowhere. Um, a week before Christmas, my mother had to go out and do some shopping or at least figure out how she was going to make Christmas yeah. for us kids. And there was a knock at the door. I went to the door. I looked. There are two very tall police officers standing at the door. And I know now as an adult looking at them that they were kind of perplexed that here there was this little girl with all these babies running around. Yeah, right. Sitting them, right. And they're thinking, I could just imagine what they're thinking. They're looking at each other and they're like, well, is your mother home? And I said, no, she's not. She's out. And they said, well... Um, we're here because your mother won a competition. She won a raffle. She won one month worth of food. And I was like, 
so excited that my mother won something. So I remember them bringing the food in because we live so far out. They were going to leave and then come back. Right, right. Horrible. So they dropped all the food off. So if you can imagine all these kids everywhere and then food all over the floor in the kitchen. And I'm sitting there just beside myself, excited that my mother has won something. Yeah. Imagine. So not the realities, but I had my own reality in that situation. And yeah. they acted as leaders to manage that reality for me as well, which was interesting. Yeah. So you yeah. see there's we put all the food away and my mother came home and all of us like a little army lined up, like all excited, yeah. like, what's going on here? Somebody did something. Cause we all looked right. like we were up to something and we sort of unveiled all the cupboards that were full of food. And yeah. I remember looking at my mother just so joyous and we were all dancing around in the kitchen, yeah. laughing and singing. Never did it ever occur to me was because of something else until four years later, that moment we talked about where my mother packed us all in the car and moved to Kingston. I was responsible for packing the, the, the sort of the pantry yeah. storage. And so, you know, how cans work. Oh, the old ones get pushed, pushed, pushed to the back. Yeah. So I got to the fourth year um, line of goods going into a box and I started pulling out cans that had stickers on them and realized, and they weren't my team stickers. And so it all came to me. Oh, it was the. That moment when all the food came. Yeah. So I real, so that was a big moment for me because I never spoke about this with my mother. Yeah, that was the moment that I truly realized how incredible she is, how resilient she is and how strong she is for her babies and her yeah. children and her family. And that continues like she's just blown yeah. away all my life. And, um, you know, and when things get really bad, where do I go? I go home to mom. So I, I, I guess that was your father wasn't there. So at this time, he wasn't. I mean, that you know, okay. sometimes, and I think my story of, as a child of a divorce, a lot of people have lived it or lived yeah, it. Yeah, well, sure, yeah. And, and so, you know, couples do what they do can do best in that yeah. situation. And yeah. there's a lot of emotions um, involved. But he was working in the city, and it, it means it's it yeah. only made sense that mom would have the house and the kids and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you, my I want everyone to really know that my father, in his own right, is the most incredible man too in his way. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And so you know, I have I have both of them sort of flowing through me because I'm their child. Right. Right. And, um, you know, and I'd like to think that I, I have and I embody and I live the best parts of each of them. So yeah, and combined with my godmother and my grandfather yeah. that I mentioned earlier. But yeah. that was really the first holy shift in my life because that's when I decided whether I realized it at the moment or not that I would be an entrepreneur because I said to myself, you know, whoever, you know, at that time I didn't understand the connection that yeah. was going on. I know that that was like the unveiling of the, the story of the right. purpose. 
Um, but I decided never will I ever let my mother have to worry again. And that kind of almost became my fire as an entrepreneur. So that fight to 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 succeed and to to that drive. Now I've had to sort of polish that in a yeah. way because that's you know coming from a place of fear and and you know and, and repackaging it and understanding what that looks like and how I show up in in entrepreneurial experiences. But um, but certainly that was really the moment. So my my wife is on here. She's asking. Right. Did your mother win food? She didn't get the police connection. Oh well, they were they were working in tandem with the school to deliver the food out to homes because they could and they had the the vehicles to do so. And I it was a community effort to help families that yeah, needed help. They needed got help. it, yeah. got it. Yeah. So so at so at sixteen, you moved three hours from where you were living. Yes. Um, with just your mom, just mom and the five kids. And I wow. think we had, we had one dog and two cats. Wow. So, so did, did she work some, is that what was so, it? So this was it, you know, she, she made a decision that, um, to be the model that she wanted to be for her children. Yeah. Um, she decided that where, where can I go that I can get a job and build yeah. a beautiful life for my kids and myself. So we had to move. She needed to move to a province where English was the, the, the main language. Right. Right. Language. So, um, so she also had, you know, experience pre previously she was, a she worked, um, yeah. she decided to be a mother. So she went back to her old company and they had a, a setup here in Kingston. So it worked beautifully for her and she built out a beautiful career actually helping other people too. So do you speak French? I do. Do you? I do. My, <laughs> my, my wife, my wife speaks French. She studied in Paris. So wow. Yeah. She, she speaks like the the, the special French. <laughs> she, she's very, very fluent in French. Um, so not me. <laughs> Not at all. Um, so, so you went through high school. I'm assuming you graduated high school. Um, you came out. Did you end up going to college? I did. I went up to Lakehead University up in Northern Ontario. And okay. then from there, I came back to, um, to back to Kingston. Okay. Sorry sort of floundering, not really knowing what to do with my life. And, and my grandfather spoke wisdom into me. Well, you're not staying home. That's for sure. And yeah. doing nothing. So I decided to go and study travel and tourism. So I did a bit of that, which then I packed my car and I drew, drove out to um, Prince Edward Island where I'm sure you've heard of Anne of Green Gables. That's yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. where that's from. And I spent a year there um, working in the hotel business. And I quickly right. moved through that, which then took me all the way out to Vancouver. Again, packed my car and on the road, I drove across the country. Wow. And I, I met, you know, I worked for um, an amazing company. And that company, Fairmont Hotels and Resorts, really gave me my 
foundation um, of understanding, you know, business models that really work. Just the whole culture of that company is incredible. So they that I really feel was my my first business education. And so I helped with the hotel out there. And then I saw one of our internal postings of a the first hotel to open up outside of Bermuda internationally. And boy, did I ever work on my boss every day. Have you heard from them? Did I get the job? I'm certain that my boss called them and said, I don't care what you give her, give her something and get her out of here. You know, so this was where, and did you say Bermuda? So, so that this was an opportunity in Dubai. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you can imagine I'm just 20 something, right? Yeah. Like really just barely 20. And, yeah. um, I saw a job posting and then this is reserved for people with uh, yeah. know, a lot of experience to get onto a pre-opening team of, of a hotel. Like you go in and it's not even, the walls aren't even up yet. Right, right. Furniture's not there. In Dubai. In Dubai of all places. Hmm. And, and this the other was, side of the world from, from Vancouver. Right? Yes. So, so my mo poor mother has always sort of like, oh no, now what? You know, like, so it's just waiting for my next sort of yeah. bit in my life. So off I went and and that was a really beautiful long stretch of 18 years of, of um, working in the hotel business for four. I leaped out of that because I met the right person at the right place and I had an opportunity to go into the energy sector in Dubai. In Dubai. Imagine from oh, you spent you spent 18 years in Dubai. So between so it kind of I split it up a bit. So yeah, so I had a base in Dubai, but I was moving between um, Egypt, Panama, back to Egypt, back to Dubai. So I was always doing the circuit and throw in Spain in there as well. So wow, I had an extraordinary travel life and work and yes. all sorts of things. But the energy sector, so you can imagine the journey. You know, here I am going out there, the age, the impressionable age of 20 learning all these new cultures and and thinking oh yeah i'm i'm like culturally diverse and you know i'm canadian this is we're we're everybody here well it is very different when you go into the world yeah and and really experience the culture and, and i am so blessed because i mean i've the the experiences i've had with people and and just their culture and their beliefs and just being exposed to all that i just wish that for everybody because if you have that then you this, you'll really have a deeper compassion for everyone it will be a beautiful more beautiful world we live in right so uh, you know this shows uh, is is about helping people break through and, and, you know, there might be people who are like, you know, I've always wanted to travel to Dubai and get a job there for a while, or, or I've wanted to live in Spain or I've wanted to, you know, and, and you couldn't have been more than what, 23, four, five, somewhere yeah, in there. I first took off and went into the world. I started with my country and then boom, that was it. Well, I, yeah, because like. <laughs> Montreal and 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 
and they're on opposite sides of Canada, aren't they? And and yeah, yeah, yeah. Montreal sort of there, and then you have PEI on one side on the east coast, and Vancouver on the west coast. And so you, which is a long ways away. Yeah, yeah, That's a really long is. ways away. And yeah. then you're like, and I think just for fun, I'll go to Dubai. So right. like, which is up way on the other like. So so you, what about the people who've always said? Um. Oh, hey, we have Sheila in Panama. So, so, um, what about the people who are like, I want to do something like that, but they're they're afraid to, or they're they're I, I don't know what what do you say to people that really do want to to mm-hmm. travel like that, or 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 venture out that that are kind of stuck and and in, in fear of doing that. That's it. It's leaning into that fear. So I have two two people who have really um, blown my mind um, when it comes to travel. I mean, so many people just continue to inspire me about how they get out there into the world and the things that they're doing to make it a better place. Um, but what speaks to my me right now, and I feel I'm 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 called to tell you is that I have so two people um, Michael Graziano is a really interesting person to look up he he started the 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 company called Global Degree and he was just a young guy that I met on country number two and he and I noticed something about him that was very special sort of a light and and I said, "What are you up to?" And he's like, "I'm I'm going to travel the world, and I'm going to capture all of it on video, and I'm going to be the first to do it, and I'm going to be the first to actually complete the entire world." And I'm like, "You know what? I love you. You are incredible. I think just imagine the experiences and the people he touched throughout his entire in, um, his journey. And just recently, he finally got his global degree." And and now is is putting a book together. And Ken, that's someone you need to to sit and have a chat with. Holy crap, he'll blow your mind. But here's somebody who did all of this without any money. So that's one person. And yeah. come back to that. And the other person that has inspired me a great deal when it comes to fear of traveling is my best friend. My so here I am. She's a childhood best friend that I, I grew up with, and and it, I of course she's my best friend. I'm like I'm in Dubai. Get on a plane. I'll bring you out here. I mean, I <laughs> to do it, and she's oh no no. There's always something of a more of a priority, and right. I realize now it was her priority was to fear. You know, didn't want to get on that plane. It required a commitment. It required it was too much of a hassle. Whatever was going on, so she was putting off life until she was hit with stage four can breast cancer. Mm. And and it literally, you know, it was. I was like, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna fly to you. And I was there for her first treatment and her last, and we celebrated all in between. And we. I started like you get on that plane, girl, and you know if if, we, if you're just sleeping at the beach house, you're just sleeping at the beach house, you know. Right. And 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 it just kind of I watched her come alive, and I watched her change the way she started to look at her life's purpose. Right. 
fear started to sort of melt away. And now she isn't putting her life on hold for anything, really. She's encouraging her family. So different experiences, different fears. Yep. So, so the question I would say to your audience or the question I've asked your audience is, what is your fear? So unpack that. Is it money? Is it money that like, I don't have enough money. I can't go traveling. Um, or is it that you've got too much going on? I have my grandchildren or I have my children. What Look, is it? Oh, there he is. There's Zach. <laughs> Zach Benson in the house. Oh man. <laughs> what, a, what a guy. I love, love that dude. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's the question. I think that's the starting point. If your heart is yearning to travel and you're yeah. curious and, and start, start being more curious, start looking, start dreaming, start dreaming big, start seeing yourself in those places At the same time, you know, start really working on the fear and understanding Is it money. No problem. Then you start making, taking action towards dealing with that. And then yeah. it can happen. You can have, always say you know there are seasons i was out in the world doing everything right now i'm traveling and experiencing my own hometown yeah as this person who's seen the world and i'm coming with new eyes into my hometown and just like loving it it's like i'm i'm exploring my hometown right now as if it was a brand new place for me yeah as we kind of get well this is at least my experience um complacent we take things for granted and there's so much beauty just in our backyard yeah so well, it, you know and and you were i mean dubai is is a primarily muslim country right mm -hmm. so is. that's you i mean that's a culture shock in and of itself yeah just, just by itself right that's and right so so you here you are living in this the, uh, a Muslim country and, and sure you're 25, four, whatever. You're just starting out and in life really. And, and man, what a huge leap. And then you spend the next 18 years living between there and, and, yeah. and Egypt and, and, and that's crazy. It really is. And I often get asked this question, you know, what is it like for you as a woman in the Muslim world? Yeah, really. Like, what is it like? You know, and because you're not a Muslim, you're a Christian, right? I am. I yeah. am. Yeah. So, I, so what's that like for you? It was the most beautiful experience of my life, and and my my dearest friends are Muslim, and I love them all so dearly. Yeah. And here's what I've learned. God is everywhere. Yep. And um, I've had these experiences where I have gone to the mosque and prayed during Ramadan. I have broken fast and had iftar with their families, like just taking me in. And I'm like, these experiences are so incredible. And they're, they're, we're all in curiosity. That's it. There, there's no judgment. There's no, you're a Christian and you're not a Muslim or, you know, there's none of that. It was just pure love and sharing and wanting to break bread together. Right. And that is something that is perpetually showing up in my life. 
Mm-hmm. You know, people just wanting to share. And if there's anything I've learned from traveling around the world is we're all one. We really, truly are. We all just want to be loved and appreciated. And we just want to share that with one another. That is truly the essence of who we are, I believe. And that, and certainly that's been my experience. Ken. I absolutely love that. You know, there's a... Um... I've, I've studied a lot. Merit Mandy said, by the way, Yeah, I know. Right. I've studied a lot of, um, religions. I've studied Buddhism. I've studied everything. And, and, you know, there's a great, uh, Buddhist monk named Thich Nhat Hanh. And he wrote a beautiful, beautiful little tiny book called Living Buddha, Living Christ. Yeah. And 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 it's it's all the same. You know, everybody needs to just calm down. down. You, know, <laughs> you, know, you know what? I got to tell you this, Ken. So I, this is something recently. And, and, and I have a beautiful business partner, Sherry, and she just like pours into me like she's that business partner that's just like emanates love yeah. leading yeah. love is sherry and uh and she puts up with me you know and she's so wonderful um but we were really talking about you know how do you how do you kind of find that spiritual balance and be an entrepreneur and that's like that is the only way you can be a high level high thinking entrepreneurs when you have that that sort of balance truly to go to your true, you know, highest potential. Right. And, um, and I said, you know, Cher, I think, I think I'm spiritually polyamorous. And she's like, okay, like you talk to me about that. Tell me what you're talking about. And I said, well, I've, I've, I'm Christian. I'm a proud one, but my experiences is that I've, Everywhere I go, every temple or every mosque or every, you know, um, place I go, God is always there. Yep. He's showing up all the time through different, different ways. And I, I said, so like, I just, just want to kind of just take that all in and, and forget about being caught up with all these rules and traditions and these things that we call religion and just kind of really focus on the core thing and that's just you know the teachings of jesus and the love love and if just do that i think uh we'd get a lot further and a lot quicker (laughs) yep amen i agree amen so so you um spent 18 years abroad yes and um and then what what was was there some kind of a catalyst something that occurred that made you say oh i gotta get back to to Kingston. <laughs> You're gonna take me down that road, eh? <laughs> you don't have to go. You know what? I want to. Okay. Because, because I so I'm I'm always saying, you know, these moments in your life, these holy shifts. And and so, and this is important for the audience. I saw a couple of questions, you know, where are the kids? Where were you married? <laughs> you know, and yeah. um, yeah, did all those things what I didn't do is I didn't have children and, um, and it was just, you know, divine, um, um, part of the plan, but it was also choice as well, because it was important for me to, to do so with someone the, to have the right father to do that with. So, um, 
and he and and I was busy building a career and traveling the world and and that's just just where I was at. So here I am traveling the world, living this life, Ken, and I had an opportunity to come and help a dear friend of mine who owns a, a very successful company, real estate company in um, Ottawa, to do a turnaround for them and a total sort of re uh, overhaul, re put you know models together, right? That will help them bring them into the into the future and help them thrive. And I, I mean, that's just what I love to do. I'm, I'm all about people and creating rich, high performance cultures. And um, so I said, yes, why not? And it was really my first gig, if you will, in Canada after all these years. I was always, you know, either in Asia and Europe or in Latin America. I was very busy there or in in the Middle East. And I said, yeah, it's time for me to do something in Canada and give back to my wow. country. And and it was perfect because I'd spend the weeks, the weekdays in Ottawa, get the job done. And then I'd zip home and spend time with my mother and my siblings and all my beautiful nieces and nephews who I'm very close to. They're my babies, if you will. And um so that's what I was doing. And, and I was independent. I was, a, I was a single woman, independent. And my mother has always asked me what I was up to and what my plans were and if I'd ever be thinking of coming home. And I'm like, Mom, you know, my heart's out in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and so she really just gave up on, yeah, you know, the pushing me to come home. Right. And, um, and it, so this is the thing. I want to say to the audience today, be very careful what you say to the universe or to the higher source, because um, it says, okay, okay, sure. Yeah. So when you set intentions and you throw it out there, you, you be really clear on what that looks like and how you want that to look like, because it does its thing. And yeah. so I will really, I'm, I mean, you'll laugh, but I was like, oh, God, please just find me a man, you know, that's, and I was kind of being facetious because remember, uh, these holy shifts and these, these manifestations have happened throughout my life and I'm getting really better at it, right? Right. So right. I'm like, I got really clear and boom, amazing what, what can come into your into your life and so i'm like okay god listen this is this is really important i'm done with just like you know in you know these short relationships i want somebody in my life that looks like this i mean i was specific um so like richard gear you know like you know a silver fox i want one of those and um i <laughs> like him to be um you know an entrepreneur because it's hard to be with somebody like me who has this, I'm constantly dreaming ideas and creating in my mind, you know, and I need somebody who has an entrepreneurial heart and yeah. mindset to understand what, what it is I'm going through. I'd like him to also please be creative, a musician, because I love live music and I'd love yeah. to go and watch him perform. Right. So, yeah. you know, yeah. no problem. Specific. And, and very specific. Well, yeah. we're, know that one night I was um we were out with my friends and my sister and we were walking up the street and we bumped into a group of friends old friends and 
there was this one particular man in the group and he just seemed like he was illuminated. It was almost like there was a spotlight and I was fixed. Like I could see there. I didn't understand it at the time, but I really understand it today. And so I fell in love and um, it took some time to, to sort of process those feelings and come to terms that that was really the, what was happening. And we were, because we were friends for a while. And then we then realized both of us were, were madly in love with one another. And, and it's been a journey. It's been figuring out, unpacking a lot of things in our lives and just kind of figuring out how this is all fitting in together. And, and it's, it's been beautiful. And I'm so blessed because I have my soulmate. That is yeah. incredible. Yeah. You know, I, I'll tell you, there's um, <clears throat> my, my buddy, and I just, I grabbed the book. Buddy of mine, I'm sure you've heard of him. Um, Mark Victor Hansen, mm -hmm. he, he created Chicken oh, Soup for the Soul. Yes, I love and, it. And, and he tells a story because he, in chapter one of the, the 20th anniversary edition, he wrote out, and I was just double checking the number, um, he, he lists when he said, okay, God, this is what I want in a partner. This is what I want for my wife. This is what he has to possess everyone. He wrote out 112, 112. He was a little bit more serious than I was. He said, this is, this is what, this is the woman. This is what she's going to have. And, yeah. and, and he has some things that are, um, bold indicates my absolute must haves. Right. <laughs> and, and so I don't, I think, you know, and he talks about this because him and his amazing and beautiful wife, Crystal, they're both dear friends of mine. And they, they, I mean, they're just amazing. They're, they're amazing, amazing people they fit like this, right? They fit and they absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that, I think that people people don't get specific enough with what they want. The universe all and I don't care if you call it God, universe, whatever. Jesus, Buddha, yeah. whatever you call it, Muhammad, I don't care, but just we'll say the creator of everything is very 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 in tune with what you're asking for yeah. and will almost always deliver to you what you're asking for. And, and I know Right. Right. So, so I think that people are not specific enough. They're not intentional enough. Mm -hmm. Right. And and when you get when you become very intentional with your with your words with what your your goals are, it's it exactly what you're saying. Boom. But now, doesn't mean that there aren't hiccups along the way. No, there's no. always going to be hiccups. Yeah, yeah. That's life. But anyway, so. So I love, love, love that story. And, and so here you are now, you, you live in Kingston still, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and I don't even know where I have to look that up on a map. I don't even know where that is, but you and Jill are going to come and visit me there <laughs> out to the universe, Jill. <laughs> yeah. Jill has, um, Jill's been to Canada. I've never been there. Yeah. I just always thought it was like America's hat. <laughs> Well, that's another show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, so uh, I have a lot of friends in Canada. So, yeah. um, 
but you know, I think that, and Jill just said, yes. <laughs> so, um, Oh, look at that. Mandy is an hour West of you. Oh, cool. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so my question is where an hour West. So yeah. Belleville, Trenton, I don't know if that's that. And is that in a in a an F sixteen fighter jet or in a car? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, all right, you're back in in Kingston. You're doing a lot of um, real estate stuff now, right? So right now, this is a really good question because with COVID and everything, so real estate is really in Panama. And um, this is something my my business partner, Sherry, and I are actually working on is sort of reinventing the way forward for that country. It operates differently than other countries. There's there's where Mandy lives, by the way. Oh, yeah, you're not far, Mandy. She said she, <laughs> she misspelled it first and then... Yeah. So, um, Friend me on Facebook. I'll find you the yeah. next time I'm heading to Toronto. Um, so real estate is Panama. Um, and so we're reinventing, sort of looking at where where the world's at right now and what, what the need is for, for Panama. So we're just sort of switching up, pivoting, if you will, pivoting with the industry and the times and the needs for the industry. My, 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 what makes my heart sing and, um, in all this is I have also a business that focuses on helping high performance or helping companies, people first companies, good starting point to create high performance cultures. So um, that's been really my main focus. And because of the, all the years that I've spent in the energy sector right now, I'm leading a team of influencers around the world in this sector who have 20, plus years of, of energy experience, develop out, build out a, a blueprint for success. Because as we all know, the industry has been hit really hard. A lot of people have lost their jobs, et cetera, et cetera. There's just, you know, the ripple effect of where we're at right, right now right. and everything. But the important thing is that, so it's just that whole bringing of the experts together and masterminding is where I really thrive as a, as an entrepreneur in that arena where yeah. I'm pulling on all their ideas and, and sort of helping them kind of gel together and come up with the ultimate um, solution. And it's, it's so exciting because we're doing this and then and we'll, I'll take that team through to develop out what I really truly believe can will become the, the most important company for the energy sector, the oil and gas sector into the future will be a, a hub where all information will be in one place and hopefully the largest training company for the sector in the world. And also a place where all these brilliant minds who are no longer working for um, companies can actually be and create their own businesses under our umbrella. So now, is this, yeah. in, did you say this is in Panama? So this is the, the energy business is worldwide, but I'm, my hub is here in Canada between okay. Vancouver and um, I'm here in Kingston. Um, and my business in Panama is real estate. Wow. So I'm kind of like, it's it's hard sometimes. Like people are like, "What is she? What, she's all over the place." But oh. it, in my mind and in my spirit, it's all organized. Yeah, 
works for so me. Do you get? So. Do you travel? Do you travel to Panama then, or? Yeah, I have a beautiful beach house there, and Ooh, really, gosh, you know that was a leap of faith. I bought that house when I was in my twenties, and it was scary because it, you know, hadn't bought anything, and let alone it was in a Latin American country. Anything could possibly happen, and um, you know. It, it now has become the best investment I've ever made. Wow. It, uh, it's a beautiful little oasis. It's just gorgeous. And um, I, it is an investment property for me. It, it, it just delivers abundance. Wow. So people, do you do like an Airbnb yeah, or whatever? Yeah. yeah. I, you know, this house. So like, you know, speaking of energy and homes and stuff, I, it it has just been so wonderful. It, it has been a B and B for me, an Airbnb. It has been a little hotelito. I used to call it where I would, you know, have little, you know, bed and breakfast, and people would come, and I would, you know, host them, and I love that. And then that was for a season, and then um, I would run little retreats at my beach house. I'd bring people who needed recovery, and we would just like do our masterminds, hang out by the pool. It wow. Had, it has been a really special place. There's a lot of good energy there. And, yeah. um, you know, and I love, I love sharing what I have with people. I care Glenn, about it. Glenn Morshower. I don't know if you've seen him and I, he's the, uh, <clears throat> he's a Hollywood actor. He's been out there. Well, he lives in Dallas, but we have a show on Sunday nights. He's on hey. here. Um, yeah, he's, he, I don't know if you ever saw the TV show 24, but he played Aaron, agent Aaron Pierce on there. For, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's Glenn right there. Glenn. <laughs> good buddy of mine. So we have a, he, he hates being called a movie star, but he is, <laughs> he hates hey, it. Like, he does not, you are what you are. <laughs> we argue about it. I'm like, dude, you're a movie star. He's like, I don't like that term. So, so anyway, um, so you've got a lot of really cool stuff going. You're a speaker. You're, mm -hmm. um, well, you were a speaker <laughs> until this just this happened. Um, <laughs> well, I, yeah, right. You know, now it's more, um, online yeah. activity and, um, yeah. you know, rolling with the times, but I, Believe me, I'm I'm certain like a lot of people, I'm I'm ready to go back in the world when it's safe to do so. And how are things up there? How how are, are they are they on lockdown? What's the Oh yeah, well, um, you know, from Egypt to Panama to Kingston, my my air my places very very Did different. you have a place in Egypt too? I, I did. Now I recently let it go. So yeah, I did. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love Egypt. It's so really oh I love it. I love the history. I love the dust. I like the chaos. <laughs> I like it all. And, oh food. And, and Egyptian people are so wonderful and beautiful. I just can't get enough of it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. so awesome. So here at Kingston, I have to say this about my my community. Um, pretty special. If there's a place to live and be grateful. I'm so grateful to live here because really the community has come together. It's amazing what Kingston public health and how the leadership there and how they're managing, you know, the whole process. I mean, we have people who obviously criticize every move anybody makes. So there's the naysayers, but on a whole looking, having, you know, the 10 foot view is 
Wow, unbelievable. And, and even our prime minister and his team and just how they've all worked together. And I'm coming from an entrepreneur, you know, point of view going, look at this leadership, because as we all know, as entrepreneurs, it's hard to get everybody pointing in the right direction. And with something so critical and so important, um, it takes some really strong leadership with a clear vision of what needs to happen. So I'm really actually a proud Canadian and I'm a proud, proud Kingstonian. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Any, yeah. any, any thoughts or desires or plans of moving back to Egypt or, or Dubai? I mean, Dubai's popping, isn't it? I mean, oh it's my gosh, you know, well, and this is part of the reason why I stayed there so long, because there's always something exciting going on. You'd hear rumors, they're going to put up a tram everywhere or a metro. And I'm like, I got to see this happen. And then you watch it go up. The, I mean, the engineering genius around that and just how they manage the infrastructure and the growth around that country. Now, there's incredible leadership right there and how they all work together. And you're dealing yeah. with a culture very different than ours and how they embraced external cultures and brought in the expertise and all working together. Unbelievable. So um, when, uh, I have a question for you. Sure. So again, living in a Muslim, primarily Muslim country like Dubai, yeah. Don't they at noon or something, don't they play music for the prayer well, or, or different periods of the day? I'll tell you, it's called the call to prayer. And what happens? Does everybody stop what they're doing? I've heard that like in, in some of those, the, the Muslim countries that even like the street vendors and, and they, they leave their stuff out. Nobody steals. It's like, it can I had major culture shock coming back to Canada. Every so often, even my sweet Jeff, my my future husband, if you will, says to me, you do need to lock your car. You know, <laughs> it's, you can't just leave the car unlocked or, you know, you can't just leave the house with the leaving the door. So I'm just like, I leave it to Jesus. Okay. If they need to come in and steal wow. some food, they will. <laughs> you oh know, that's crazy. But it's because I lived in such an environment where, I I didn't have to worry about those things. Wow. It was just a totally different experience. Um, and so you can imagine like that culture shock coming here and having to, not that it's unsafe in my community, it's just a different, different environment. And um, is there a call to prayer in Kingston? <laughs> no, but it's funny you said that just the other day I was heading up I think Sydney Road and noticed that there's an is Islamic center there. And I was like, Oh, that's wonderful. That wasn't there before. Or at least I didn't know it was there. Now I, I noticed these things, but yeah. the call for prayer is so beautiful. And especially it, when you start to hear all the mosques going off everywhere throughout the city and the one really early in the morning, like I'll never forget the first so I flew into Dubai. It was dark. It was in the middle of the night. And so, and having flown from Vancouver to Dubai, yeah. picked up at the airport, zipped off to my new apartment, going to bed or at least trying to, and then all of a sudden being woken up at the, the sunrise with this, this thing that was going on, oh, you know, like this. And I mean, it, how naive I was and how green I was. I had no idea what I was about 
to experience um, taking this trip to Dubai. But from that moment on, I'll tell you, I miss it. It's a beautiful thing. It, it wakes you up. It's spiritual. You cut, you have your, your morning tea, your coffee, whatever you prefer, and you just sort of take it all in. And, and what's beautiful about it is that there are so many other people doing it at the same time. And it's a moment to pause, if anything. I always say, you know, like these call for prayers are just calling you to pause and take sort of notice of what's going on in your life and being appreciative and praying for those that need you to pray for them. So. Wow. I miss it. I do. So I do my own little things, you know, to kind of make sure that that's there and that's in my life all the time. I think, you know, and, and I, I, I don't, there was probably a time you know, where I fell into a place of, of I'm going to judge and, and all of that. But um, especially after 9-11 and, and all of the, the media, just, you know, I, there, everything. I mean, we, we, you know, got, we, a lot of people developed this sudden disdain for anyone in, in, and, and it's like, I, I know a lot of, Muslims that are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. Oh, there's, there's extremists in everything. Yes, I was just going to say there's there are the the ones that go too far in everything in life, and yeah. um, and we we've seen it through even COVID. You know, we 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 have this need or of something something in our flesh to blame others for things because yeah. somehow that makes us feel better. And I always say. You know, why Why can't we just, just all come from a place of curiosity and not judgment? Right. You know, if we're curious, and then you probably will start to get down to the truth. Um, but because we're, we're constantly judging, there's no growth. There's no room for growth and advancement in, in judgment. So yeah. that's really how I try and approach the, my relationships or interactions with people. I just sort of show up and... I, I'm not perfect. I'm human. So you sort of start to have a little monkey that's like, you know, but, but just kindly go back to that place of curiosity and it, and it, it's really a beautiful place to be. I, I, I absolutely love that. So for, let me, let me, um, whoa, let me ask you, let me ask you this. Um, for somebody right now that is, um, stuck, Stuck. They're they're just stuck. There's, you know, with with COVID and all of the businesses that have gone under and all the companies that have laid off and people that can't find a job or don't have a job or don't, you know, and, and that's that's not just in America. It's not just in it's not just in Canada. It's everywhere. What do you say to the people that may be watching right now that that cannot even afford food? They're they're just in a place where it sucks. Yeah. What do you say to them to help them have a breakthrough and 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 really start living life again on a completely different level? Oh, that's a and that yeah, that just brings so many emotions because the reality there are so many people out there so i i i have a, a thought here there are so many of us on this call b 
because we are blessed and we're and we have abundance in our lives. So first, I'm calling on everybody on on this call that can, who has their health, who has the means, and who's well surrounded to to kind of like lean out there and give and do what you can to give a glimmer of hope to those that are in a really hard place in their lives. That's the first challenge I'm giving everyone and creating an opportunity through that. For those that are on the call that are just really either like having terrible heartbreak for whatever reason or um, are grieving, um, I, I, I know it's hard, it hurts. And so for me, um, I, this is from my own experience in very difficult times is really to always see what God is, you know, you don't always see what God is doing behind the scenes and, and that there, oh, it's uncomfortable and it's the, the most uncomfortable moments in our lives are the, the, the biggest opportunities. So there's something in those, those moments for you to, to sort of learn and come from and and that i understand is hard to do and and really i just really call on to god during these dark dark moments lean into him go into prayer if it's god if it's whatever um but go to that place within yourself and i promise you he promises to show us great and mighty things all the time and the great and mighty things are his healing. So whatever you're experiencing, he will bring his healing. He will bring you peace and truth. And he will help rebuilding and restoring. And he will absolutely show you mercy. And one of the scriptures, um, Ken, if I, if you give me permission to share this, is yeah. one that I have really, it's one that was shared to me by Jeff when I fell in love with him. I mean, I've learned so much from him um, throughout this journey together. But this scripture, Jeremiah 3.33, is, is a very special one. And, and there is a lot of power when you speak this out in your heart and speak it out loud, you know, and call to me and I will answer you and, and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. And he, is, he's, he has all the power. If you aren't asking for help, it will not come. You have to help. You have to reach out. So wow, those are the two things. And I I just really just kind of put myself out there vulnerably here in this call. And I hope that maybe I've landed on somebody's heart out there. And 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 this is this this time in our lives and this COVID is an opportunity for us to just really step into our higher selves and and do what we need to do for each other and be one world instead of divided. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Kelly Bone. Yes. Ken Wall. I love you. you. Are, you're <laughs> awesome. Thank, Thank you so me. much for coming on and, and being vulnerable and sharing. And and um, hopefully we, we helped some people and touch some lives today. So yes. Kelly, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. You are awesome. Keep doing what you're doing, Ken. You're changing I, people's lives. 
I will. Thank you so much. And I want you to hang on for me for a minute. Sure, I'm no end, Bye, everyone. Thank you. I'm going to end this. Thank you, Kelly. Appreciate you. And thank you to everyone who's been here and shared this out. That means the world to us both. So thank you so much. Kelly, thank you. You're welcome.